This is Disrupting Recruitment, a podcast focused on moving recruitment from a reactive to a proactive state. We talk to experts as well as recruitment marketers living it day to day to learn how to improve inbound as well as outbound and other recruitment marketing strategies. And it all starts now. Okay, so here we are with another episode of Disrupting Recruitment with a very special guest this week from the Recruitment Flex, Shelly Billinghurst. Shelly, well, welcome. Hello, Bradley. So good to see you. So yes, good to you see too. you. I really like this uh, technology that you're using to report, record your podcasts. This is very yeah, cool. Yeah, so and we use Riverside FM. And it's uh, it's a really cool technology. I really like it. It yeah. uh, will record your your audio and video, my audio and video in separate channels. Uh, so we can download it and play around with it. And then we can clip it to do videos and, and stuff, which I haven't done enough of. Uh, I need to start doing more. Well, then, no, but at least but, you've got it, right? Yeah, right? I still at least have you've it, got yeah. the the collateral that you can use at any point in the future, right? Yeah, actually, I I, <laughs> I need to get some content out. So I it's on my bucket list of things to do is to go back and look <laughs> at some of those videos. And I've ripped yeah. a little bit from it, but this is uh, <clears throat> this is just a really cool way to record podcasts. So any podcasters out there listening to this, if you're not using uh, Riverside, check it out. It's not super expensive. And the video quality uh, is, is really good. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a while, you know, yeah. I was, uh, I was a guest on the, on uh, the recruitment flex quite a while ago talking Word. about candidate hub. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think I, I feel like I'm due to, for, uh, for another appearance, but, uh, I, you know, <laughs> let's see if we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Here it is summer of 2022. And did I ever think, did I ever think, right? Even coming out of COVID, you know, we do those predictions and so on in December. And we were coming out of, you know, the last wave and the last lockdown. And, you know, there were so many predictions about what was going to happen by summer, right? And and so fascinating to be, to now be in the middle of summer. And wow, what a difference. You know, I, I take a look at the last two summers being you have you heard the new red hot chili pepper song called black summer no <laughs> well that's what it is and now <laughs> you know we're we've, we're finally getting back to the real world like it was amazing brad i was just i'm just back from uh rec fast in london and i think what struck me the most was first of all getting like after being in lockdown and starting the podcast but getting to meet people in real life all the people that were so generous with helping us get the podcast off the ground. Like we're talking global influencers. And, you know, I am walking across this field because Wreckfest was like mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Ten stages. Ten stages wow. that you could attend on every topic that has to do with talent acquisition. So I'm walking across the field. And I spot uh, Tim Sackett and I'm like, I froze in my tracks and I'm like, it's really him. <laughs> celebrity, celebrity <laughs> sighting. Actually, so Tim I'm and I. I'm trucking over there. I'm trucking over there and I yell, HR famous. <laughs> I'm waving at him. 
And he immediately, like, even though we've only met through Zoom, right? Like, he immediately knew who I was. It was just, oh, oh my God, it was great. It's funny because when Tim was on early in the, uh, in our first few episodes, we actually yeah. talked about that, about him being recognized in an airport one time or something. And, uh, yes. Uh, and I listened to that episode and that's why I did it. <laughs> Cause I, I remember him talking about being on, you know, those moving, uh, walkways yeah. and somebody's coming the other direction and they're like, HR famous. <laughs> <laughs> that, it was awesome and i got awesome. a hug like hung lee he was like uh you know probably like 15 feet away from me and it was like almost like this slow motion as i'm running towards him and leap at him to give him a huge hug it, it was just it was so awesome it really was yeah you know what i was not able to make it uh, but uh there's definitely some events that i want to go to uh, coming up like, uh, HR tech in Vegas, if it kills me, I'm not going to miss that this year. Uh, uh -huh. but, uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what other than connecting with the gang finally in, in, in real life, <laughs> what was it like, uh, just being back at a live event? It's, it's right. It was surreal. It was surreal. There was 4,000 recruiters there. Wow. Like, it, that's just mind blowing, right? 4,000 recruiters and to be finally in person and to be in, like, it just, it just felt so surreal, you know, after two years of don't come near anybody, you know, the, we, we kind of kid around, like either this is going to be the biggest super spreader event and it's going to knock out half the world's population of recruiters, or we really are safe right? To meet in, in large groups. So, you know, it was, it was great to just meet people from all over the world and to realize too, that our issues, like there are some issues that are universal and there are some challenges in talent acquisition that are unique to, let's say North America, right? So yeah, to, to the, the vendors, there were some vendors there that were kind of like, yeah, startups, you know, not too yep. sure if they're, if they're, um, they're going to make it because it's all been done before. There's a lot of reference check companies. Yeah. I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, that they still believe there's enough addressable market to do a startup in reference checking. So. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I'm not sure that out of all of the things that talent acquisition needs right now, that's one of them. Well, I'm it is a sure mundane you. task that yeah. nobody, time-consuming, mundane task that I, I mean, I've never really minded doing reference checks. I don't know about you in your career. I mean. I didn't mind them either. Yeah. No, I saw it as uh, I can find out more about this candidate from what the reference doesn't say. Well, for me, especially when I was in the agency world. It was like, there was two things. One, there was only one question I wanted to know the answer to. And that was, if you had an opportunity, would you hire this person again? The rest of it was just chatter. And then, but it was, it was an opportunity to call somebody and introduce myself right. and potentially be a lead. I, I actually, yes. I found candidates I and business that way. Like it. Yeah. Yeah, but, for sure. But I don't know what a, a startup could bring that a company like XRF wouldn't already have but then again competition's not a bad thing so we'll see hopefully there were too many uh recruitment marketing automation vendors there no as a matter of fact 
Well, I guess it depends on how you define it because there, you know, the, there were some recruitment marketing and advertising firms, uh, but nobody I hadn't heard of before. Right. Yeah. I was really on a mission to talk to those that were kind of somewhat unknown. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, uh, I would say it's don't miss it. Yeah. So they're, they're talking about Wreckfest maybe being held next year in the U.S. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I won't let it happen again. <laughs> Listen, you. <laughs> Don't let that happen again. It, uh, one thing that you, you it mentioned, though, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear your take on is, is what challenges did sort of popped up for you that you felt were more specific to North America? Uh, what was super interesting was talking to other TA leaders. You know, we've uh, we've all been done to death about how hard it is to find software developers and, you know, all this drama around <clears throat> companies now doing layoffs. What was interesting, though, is when we're talking to talent acquisition leaders in the transportation industry, that is universal, that there are challenges to recruit drivers. Certainly, we know that's a chronic issue here in North America. Turns out it's the same all over Europe, certainly in the UK. It, it's like an extremely big problem in the, in the UK. And, you know, so the conversation was around, like, what is the problem? Is it, is it that the workforce just is aging or they just all finally decided to say, I'm just not, I just don't want to do this for a living anymore, which is not the case. Supply is there. Is it? So is this a supply issue or is this a, or is this more a matter of, you know, that the transportation industry has always done things one way and are they willing to look at different ways of offering employment? You know, so either you're a company driver or you've got your own, you know, for long haul, et cetera. So those conversations were super interesting. What I found that they were not nodding at all is talking about the challenges we're facing here in North America for in the hospitality sector, cooks, uh, line cooks specifically, chronic shortage. And it is a big problem where restaurants are having to close because they cannot get anyone or they can't get their cooks to come back to work. Where have they gone? I mean, they've not disappeared. Uh, they have, dis they took a long, hard look and said, it's hard work and it's really crappy pay. And so uh, the hospitality sector is in big, big problem trying mm -hmm. to find cooks, right? But that doesn't exist in, in Europe and in the UK because guess what? They, they actually pay people a decent wage. And it's an honorable profession. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But in Canada and the U.S., I don't know about you, Brad, but, you know, maybe when you were a teenager, you were okay to be a line cook at McDonald's. But nobody does that for a career. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it has for so long just been a low-paying job. And I believe humans want better for themselves. And in the post-COVID world, they're not willing to do shit work for shit wages. They'll do other work and, and earn more money, right? All their well, skills are transferable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, 
that's the challenge that we're, we're seeing is that, you know, people are saying that there's, there's a shortage. I, I don't agree with that. I think the talent is there. We just have to be creative in how we find it and then how we respect it once we have it. And, but the other thing is, is there's just ways, like there's so many more opportunities right now. So mm -hmm. if I was that good with food, would I want to be a line cook for fuck all when yeah. I can create an Instagram channel and cook and show my food and potentially make money doing that? Do you know what's interesting? Uh, I hear you. You know, I'm, I'm, I would be thinking, you know, when you think about line cooks in, you know, everything from hospitals to, you know, remote camps to, uh, you know, hospitality, like restaurants, high-end restaurants. When you look at that whole spectrum and you look at, you know, what does somebody want to do and where are those skills transferable? What I'm seeing as a trend is former line cooks are now moving into the construction industry because what are, what are the essential skills for someone to be a line cook? First of all, you can endure the heat, mm -hmm. right? And you have, you can see things in a logical order. Well, is that not the construction industry? And measurement and math play a big role because controlling food costs in a restaurant is the difference between whether you stay open or not, right? Yep. So all of those skills transfer perfectly. So what we're seeing is construction firms are seeing former line cooks applying to their laborer roles. And I mean, I'd rather be a, well, I'm not a, a cook, but so cooks, uh, wages are anywhere from say 16 to, you know, 16 to $20. If I can go be a laborer for 21, 21 to $23, I think I'd go do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that just, I mean, I use the Instagram thing as a, as an option, but there's, that's what I mean. There's so many more options available to people today that yeah, I don't have to do this for next to nothing. I can, I can find another option and make more money and be happier. And yeah. so employee, like finding candidates is one thing, but having a reason to attract them and then a reason for them to want to stay is, is even more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it really comes down to understanding, you know, if someone's going to make a change, how do they figure out where else can I be working? Right? Like the, the example I use of line cooks to laborers, um, you know, it's an interesting dilemma because it's not like line cooks disappeared. They've gone to work somewhere else. But if we like, how can we figure out how do we get in front of those people? Because the manufacturing sector needs them too. You know, so you can work construction, but typically it's seasonal. Certainly here in Canada, it's seasonal. Where, what, what else is part of their journey? Like, where do these people look? If I'm going to consider taking my arms, legs, and talents somewhere else, where do I look? How do I look? And what's important to me when I'm, when I'm searching. Yeah. That's, which brings up an interesting point. One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, cause we've riffed on this a lot and I love having this conversation with you is about candidate journey and identifying, you know, sort of that path that candidates are taking. And I think it's really important right now to understand what your candidate persona looks like. So, you know, that's a perfect example is. 
I'm not looking for, you know, how a, like a line cook can, they're good in math. They're good in, in logical thinking. They're good in, in, and these are sort of the, the skills that you need in another, other role, right? In this role. So identifying what your candidate persona is, and that's goes beyond skills too, just to, you know, what are they looking for? So if I'm looking for line cooks, I'm probably interested in people that are watching food videos on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. So what's your take on, on sort of the candidate journey as it lies today? And what do you think yeah. is missing? So, you know, I love kind of the, uh, the whole notion of, first of all, figure out who your candidate, who is it that you're looking for, right? And never assume their journey. Never. Because that's where people come off the rails is because they make an assumption that because I'm a line cook, I always want to be a line cook. When in fact, they do not. That is what is creating a labor shortage in the hospitality sector and hospitality with a capital H including, you know, camp jobs and hospitals and institutions, right? So, and it is, so if you want to solve this, you really need to set aside your, set aside your, your own personal bias about what you think their journey is, because that is, I think, the number one mistake that talent acquisition makes is that people want to continue to do the same thing. They don't. They don't. Now, I can do the same thing, only different, but what's different about it, right? So if you understand the underlying motivations, drivers of when people look, where they look, and you at least get something in front of them that will create awareness of who you are. Because to assume, the other thing is to assume that they'd even, to, to assume that your particular talent pool would even conclude hey, that's an option for me, right? Like, how do you even get that awareness in front of them to begin with? Because without that awareness, you know, you can throw your message anywhere you want. You know, you might as well hire a helicopter to fly over a parking lot and drive and drop, you know, Costco on a Saturday. Just drop flyers over the parking lot and hope that your job ad hits somebody's car that's actually maybe a line cook. So I think it really means that you need to understand and you need to do your homework, right? Define who you're looking for and then be really clear about creating, how are you, what channels will you choose to create awareness? So once they know who you are, how are they going to connect the dots that because I was a line cook in my last job, I would be excellent for manufacturing or for assembly or for driving <laughs> who knows right but it, it does come down to that candidate persona you're absolutely right the other thing really like we when we talk about sort of that inbound marketing kind of approach of, of creating that awareness uh, recruitment marketing is is a lot focused on lead gen marketing and so, you know, I'm going to put job ads out in front of people and I'm going to put, you know, things out about how great we are to work here. But I would really love to see recruitment marketing take more of a demand gen style approach, which does exactly what you just said. It's, it's more of how do I let that person know that they have a problem 
that they don't already know that they have mm -hmm. and that we are a potential solution for it. Mm -hmm. And, so and th that's different than lead gen. Lead gen is they know they have a problem and they're looking for a solution and we're going to provide that solution. But demand gen is focused on letting them know that they have the problem that they don't know that they have and that there's a solution available. Yeah. So I, I think I'd, I'd like to, for most people, I think I'd like to draw a big, thick line between recruitment advertising and recruitment marketing. Mm -hmm. Because advertising is tactical. Job vacancy, advertise vacancy, expect people to apply. <clears throat> so, so, and the distinct difference between that and true recruitment marketing is just that, is you're thinking well before and you're doing things well in advance of that tactical activity of posting a job. Because if that's all you're doing, you know, I, in the old days, Brad, we'd call it a post and pray. Right. Yep. Never put as a second of thought, energy or effort into who am I trying to talk to? What, it, what would I have to say for them to say, oh, hold on a minute. Maybe maybe I would consider um, making a complete career change or uh, leaving my current employer, you know, to just simply take a job description and slap it up on the Internet, which is what 90 percent of companies do. And they call that you know, your, your job ad, or you put it up on your career page and think that that's enough. Like, wow. And then we sit back and wonder why nobody wants to work for this company. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've got a, a whole career that will uh, demonstrate that you get back what you put in, right? You put a little effort into some thoughtfulness around how you're going to message candidates. But deeper than that, the recruitment marketing means you're thinking about what I'm going to need 12 or 18 months from now. What do I need to do today that is going to get me off this hamster wheel of posting job descriptions on the internet and expecting people to just flock to you? Which is great. If you've got a great brand like a Apple, Microsoft, you know, household brand name. Yeah. And it works, right? But yeah. they've invested millions, gazillions of dollars in their brand. So people do know who they are. But that's not most of us. No. It's like if Disney calls, I'm taking the call, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. But, exactly. But, how, but if, you know, XYZ company calls, uh, probably not interested. It, it's, we do need to create that. It, it. The, 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 what the other piece that people miss is the fact that when they, before they re even realize that there is another possible opportunity out there for me, you know, before they're even in that awareness stage, uh, there's, there's certain content that you need to put in front of them. But once they make that switch, now all of a sudden you need different content and, and you need, your content needs to change all the way through that funnel, if you want to call it a funnel, although it's never that linear, but as they're engaging more and more, mm -hmm. you, you really need to put different content out in front of them. And it's, you know, if you're putting out, you're inundating them with job newsletters and job opportunities, job ads, when they're just sort of becoming in that awareness stage, you're going to mm -hmm. lose them. And so you need to create that different, different 
types of content, different channels, different mediums, whatever to, to move them from that one mindset to the next, to the next. So with, like, yeah. whether you want to call it stage or mindset, you know, you need different content and, uh, you know, that's what we talk with our clients about all the time is, and I, and I, I always say, I hate to talk about Canada Hub on this podcast and I, and I do, but I mean, that's, Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's a, is this not yeah. the whole point? This is marketing. So I hear what you're saying, Brad, because you know, you're absolutely right. What's interesting is when we talk about the candidate journey, you can go from awareness to active in a, a nanosecond, yep. or it can take years, right? So understanding that the journey is everything from, I see it, I like it, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Here's all my information, right? Like, here's everything about me, and here's my interest level, in this opportunity too, you know, I'll probably make a change in the next three to five years. And, you know, what, what companies are out there? What interests me about what they're doing? What problems in this world are they solving? You know, how do I know that they're not a bunch of psychos and toxic Karens working there, right? So how do I know that? Well, that's, that is the 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 real value of being strategic i think in your um in your marketing understanding what content to put in front of people depending on where they are in their journey mm -hmm. right so and understanding too like you're someone at, at different levels within the organization it may take them you know 3 years to make a change if you're a director level or, or above you know versus yep. an individual contributor could make that decision you know, relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, they used to say, I remember probably in the last, say, maybe 10 years, you know, the, the the idea was how long it takes from the time somebody first has any sort of awareness of who your company is to the time that they change jobs. And that measurement of time is really important to know, right? So if you know that your critical skill set from the first time they've ever even heard of your company to the time where they change, I now work at Loblaws, right, on, on their LinkedIn profile. If that is a six-month exercise, or is that a four-year exercise? Like, to know that and be able to measure it, right? I've only ever met one company that knew that. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. And it was seven months. So really, wow. I thought that was very old school. Actually, I thought that was pretty old school. I know in my last corporate J-O-B, which, I mean, I've been out of the, you know, working for somebody else since 2014, but that was one of the greatest advantages of LinkedIn. Like when LinkedIn first came on the market and like they were so hot in like 2011. And that was the one thing that we watched super closely. So, and then of course the, you know, we've got more platforms and more channels today, but back in the day, you know, being, having, say you're recruiting engineers and I see who's looking at my employees' profiles, what is it that they want to read and how long does it take from that point to when they become an employee? Right. So then it became an exercise of making sure that we were communicating great content about the cool work our engineers were doing. If that's even possible. <laughs> I don't know.
I think you were ahead of your time. Really? No. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't. Well, I really don't, Brad. Like, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. <laughs> but I think it's it was um, you really need to understand that if you're I guess that's why, you know, once I left the corporate world and started my own company, uh, recruitment marketing was my jam. Yeah. Like that to me is just as fundamental as reading. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's like one of the first things that we talk about with our clients is we need to sit down and analyze what what's happening right now. What's happening with your content right now? What are people clicking on and start to see if we can see some trends that, you know, mm -hmm. the people that have all applied for your jobs that you liked did this, this, and this, and this before they got there. And then, then you could start to kind of understand what your journey is, but it's never, you know, candidate journey to me is like a business plan. It's never done. Uh, it's always constantly evolving it, and you constantly have to see what, what's working, what's not, but historically in recruitment, I, you know, from that, anything that happens before they hit apply has been, there's, there's a lot of missing data there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yep. and that's one of the things that we want to solve for our clients is how do you find, like, let's give you that missing data. So we mm -hmm. know what people are, you know, I mean, there's, there's tools out there now that you can create trackable links and stuff and, and see, you know, 37 people clicked on this article, but, you know, wouldn't it be cool to know that they, this person clicked on that article and, and then they went to your webpage and not only did they go to your webpage, but they watched this video and not only did mm -hmm. they watch the video, but they also clicked the apply now button. And then we never heard from them again. Like that's all missing yeah. data that, that people, that we don't have, we just, people don't have. Well, TA people don't have it. Right. TA people don't have it. I will tell you that my brothers and sisters that work in marketing, they've got this shit cold. Yeah. They know exactly if I am a consumer, like marketing to consumers, they know exactly my behavior. And I, uh, I have no objection because obviously their content is of interest to me. And I mean, that, that is like, so five years ago in, in, I know. in the traditional, traditional, uh, marketing sense and the technology that's out there, like, you know, to simply follow somebody and see where they click next or where did they click, you know, two clicks before that, right. To them, that's child's play. And then, and then create a personalized journey for that. Right. Like if you think about how personal yeah. our consumer journeys are. Oh, it's amazing. I love technology, Brad. I just love it. You know, like I, I will intentionally interact with some brands because I want to see where they're like, what they're going to serve me next. Yeah. Right. Like, and I don't get the same ad, right? Like I've got, I'm looking at like some stuff to do this summer. Right. So I'm looking at, there's a sky bridge in Jasper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jasper, Alberta, where you can walk like you literally are walking on a glass floor over like into a mountain valley. It's it's an incredible experience. So I interacted with that brand and then it's almost like and I, they keep serving me on other platforms, uh, other content offers. Like it's amazing. It's amazing because they know, obviously, I'm in Calgary. This is not just a day trip. Right. I'll need somewhere to stay overnight. I'll need restaurants to visit. Like it's brilliant. It's yep. brilliant. 
So when it comes to the hospitality industry, they got it going on. Let me tell you. <laughs> but they don't do it for employees. Well, and so I know, right? Like if you could just simply make that shift to let's let's do this same work. They are. They will. They will. You know, we who does so. it really well is Fairmont. They're not my client. I, but at any rate, they do it really recruitment marketing. And I saw them present about five years ago. They were like, you know, when, when uh, you bring in your client and they do like a testimonial or whatever. Fairmont did one, what event? I think it was a LinkedIn hosted event like five or six years ago of what they were doing for employer brand. And the audience was just like, <laughs> and a lot of FOBO because it's like, oh man, I wish, I wish my company would, you know, get on board with really uh, understanding content and branding. Like my job as a recruiter would be just so much, so much better. Yeah, I, I agree. We, you know, it, we've got to take that consumer marketing approach to recruitment. It'll, it'll make a big difference. And I think that's how we close the gap on those candidates that are, are jumping ship from one industry to another because they're tired of being a lie cook. Right. And the, the person who figures that out is going to be a gazillionaire. So I'm thinking it's going to be me, Brad. So, you know, honestly, it's going to be me. Figuring well, you know out, what? Like, what, what is it? Figuring out the candidate journey on and solving that disconnect on where's our next talent pool to fill these jobs because I don't think we'll have robots making french fries quite yet it's coming but we won't live to line, see it you know for line cooks right yeah we won't we won't live to see it my my money will be long gone by then uh so, <laughs> so listen why don't you figure it out okay and we'll help you okay we'll be the tech behind it and you be We're the brain. We're going to solve this. That works for me. Okay. So Great. we didn't, you know, we, I, I bragged you up about the recruitment flex, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, thanks. Um, and it has more to do with you than Serge. And I'll tell him that myself. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> I couldn't do it without him though. Honestly, we're just, we're just so, uh, it's just such an incredible relationship. You, you guys know? are, you guys are great. I, I love that guy. Yeah. I just love him. I do. You have just the right amount of being able to tell him to shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> and you, you just, you just hold him in his place, right? Perfect amount. It's, it's been really interesting to listen to some of our back catalog and how we interacted with one another and, and like any relationship, right? Like you, you, you figure each other out, right? So thanks, Brad. It's been, it's been a lot of, a lot of work, as you know. Yep. Having a podcast is not, is not easy and it's not simple, no. right? But the benefits have been phenomenal. Like I'm always researching tech. I'm always looking for like, what are the trends? Like I'm always listening, always got my ear to the ground and I just, I love it. I love it. So tell, uh, let's, uh, let's finish with your, your other gig, your recruitment marketing side and what that is and anybody that wants some of your advice, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, thanks, Brad. Yes. So I'm the president and founder of Higher Value Inc. Hire as in you got the job. Not eight. Yeah. Not you're hired. In, not you're as hired in further up. as in you're hired. Yeah. 
Yeah. Higher Value Inc. We do, uh, we fix recruitment process, uh, love TA Tech, and then of course our, our bread and butter is recruitment marketing and advertising. You can find me at highervalueinc.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I think there's only one other Shelly Billinghurst, but they're not in Canada. And so connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. Yeah, it's the best way to find me. And if you're listening to this podcast, Shelly will definitely be tagged in the post. So go back to the post and find awesome. her profile. So thank you. we Brad. need to collaborate at some point, Shelly, with a client. So uh, we, we need to work on that at some Let's point. Let's find a big problem and solve it. Yeah, I have one in mind if I can, if I can pull awesome. it together. So it was great having you. It was great you chatting again. We usually have really good conversations and, and I'm usually jazzed every time we talk I get all you know you you definitely uh, get my mind running and uh, with some good ideas so thanks thanks a lot for for being there okay thanks Brad we'll talk again soon